Okay. Hey, you guys. This is Samaria M. Covert. I am actually live on Instagram and on Facebook. So I'm going to do like this. Okay. I'm excited for today. Today, we are going to talk about divine alignment. So as a quick review, for those who um, who have been following, um, I've been talking about different areas. So last couple sessions, we talked about, we started by talking about uh, prophetic uh, accuracy and what stops people from being prophetically accurate. We talked about uh, prophetic decrees. We talked about prophetic insight. We talked about um, all different areas of the prophetic as it relates to this dispensation and why this is important. This is so important. But now we're going to talk about divine alignment. So let's do this. Who am I for those who are uh, just new? Maybe we just, just new. Uh, my name is Samaria M. Colbert. I'm the founder of Kingdom Creative Counseling. I'm a licensed therapist, I'm a published author, and I help people to get free spiritually, emotionally, and mentally free through Jesus Christ. I also work a lot with leaders. So some of the things I talk about may not necessarily be like um, emotional, uh, what is it, you know, like emotional healing and mental health. Some of it is from that place of uh, working with leaders. And I counsel a lot of leaders from the emotional perspective, like a lot of leaders who experience brokenness, stress, anxiety, um, uh, imposter syndrome, Syndrome, things of that nature. And I also have a new uh, consulting business that I've started for leaders as well. Those who have leadership positions within church, within their organizations, things of that nature, and, um, and how we develop them, but also take into consideration their past, their history, um, their proclivities, things of that nature, so that, that does not prevent them from being true leaders who are healed, whole, and set free. All right. So join me today. And for those who don't know, I know I'm taking a long time, but I do have a YouTube channel. And for those, maybe Instagram, you're watching this. I'm doing this on Instagram as well. Um, those who have not watched the other lives, you can uh, go back to my YouTube channel and watch the other ones because they're really good. And one sets present upon the other one. So I'm like setting foundation here, doing another one, then another one. I don't always know what I want to do, but I just follow the leading of the Lord. Okay. All right. Um, so let's talk about this. We're going to talk about divine alignment. You know, one thing I said last time is that God is positioning us. So um, the Lord spoke to me very powerfully um, uh, a few weeks ago, maybe two weeks ago. And he said, your 2021 is going to be your time. He said, 2020 now is preparing you for 2021. And so that simply means this is oftentimes that God has to position us. For success, positions for what we are called to. And he has given us this time, this time that we are operating in as a time of preparation. And I, and I make no light of people who experience some of the devastation related to COVID. I've counseled a lot of people. I'm not one of these people that's saying, is it really real? Have people really lost people? No. Uh, as a counselor who works with people who are broke, who are broken, experiencing life, uh, and life tragedies, I have counseled people who've lost people due to COVID. So I'm not making light of that um, at all. But I will say this, that this is an opportunity because in the mess and in the chaos, there is opportunity, okay? And so we have to hear and perceive and understand from a prophetic a lens what God is doing. And I talked about in the past how the prophetic is future oriented. So that means God begins to speak to us now, right now. Hey, cousin. He begins to speak to us now concerning what our next is. And it's up to us to prepare. This is why divine alignment is very important because you can be, um, you can be right at it. You can be right at the door. I did the logo and you saw a little yellow door uh, for those who you saw a door, but you can be right there and you miss your moment because because of your at the wrong place at the wrong time. 
So divine alignment is not just something that's like a catchy phase. Oh, divine alignment, you know, that's not it. There's more to it than that. And so let's talk about this. So what is alignment? What is divine alignment? Because there's alignment, there's divine alignment, okay? So alignment is a correct position or arrangement. It means to be sitting in preparation. Now, y'all, I may have to step out just for a minute because I got a package coming. They said I had to sign off on. Hey, <laughs> I had to sign off on. But the plan is I am in alignment. I am waiting for my package to arrive. I because I had to sign for. Why they did it to, to me? I don't know. I don't like stuff like just leave it. Leave it at the door. I have security <laughs> cameras or whatever else. Um, so nobody. Hopefully, nobody will pick it up. So, but anyway, but I'm sitting here waiting in position because I don't want to miss my package. And so when we talk about divine alignment, it means to be in position. It is to be ready at a place of readiness and, and to be arranged at the perfect place for the for, for the move of God to begin to happen. If God told you at 111, I don't know if this is anyone's address, West Street, there's going to be an opportunity for you. What would you do? You would probably be at 111 West Street, right? And so when it comes to God and the things of God, God has strategic places and, and and he has to position us for for to, to be able to receive but we can't be where we want to be and do what we want to do and expect God to bless us however he however we see he should bless us we have to be in alignment with what God has has for us so it means correct position and I'm going to give you some questions that you need to ask yourself because I plan on being I'm not knocking anybody else not bragging not saying I'm better I plan on being in position I plan on being ready. Okay. I see, I have, I, and I witnessed the manifestation of God from being ready when God, when God showed up. Okay. And so God doesn't just, he's not going to surprise you. He's going to give you strategic answers. He's going to give you prophetic insight. He's going to give you prophetic utterances. He's going to make sure you're prophetically accurate is what I talked about last time. So that you are in position for the move of God and for what God has for you. So you can begin to manifest your kingdom assignment on earth. It's not going to happen for those who are not prepared. You know, I said last time, you know, we've been given this lie in church and it is a lie. And I'm not knocking church because y'all know I love my church, but God's going to give us something that we are not prepared for. We shout hallelujah. God is going to give me something. Hey. And we shout. We fun. And that, that, that ain't Bible. Mm -mm. God prepares you. Hey, hey, cousin. God prepares you for what he has for you. God prepares you. When I went to college, right, my goal was to graduate. That was my goal. It wasn't there to have a long vacation to graduate. So I had to be in alignment. I had to take certain tests. I had to finish certain assignments, right? All of us got to do that in order for me to reach my goal. I couldn't do what I wanted to do. How I, want. I couldn't just take, I, I wanted to be in the human service field. I couldn't take an uh, intro to sports, which I, you know, <laughs> that, that would never happen. I couldn't take intro to home economics. And that wasn't a part of my degree program because I just felt like I needed to do that and expect to graduate. But we are given a situation where a lot of people are expecting to be used of God, but they refuse to participate in the process. That's good right there. All right. So it means to a it means a position, a stance of agreement. It's a stance of alignment. I'm, I'm right where I'm supposed to be. It means to be at the right place at the right time. I believe it was T.D. Jakes who said this. He said a lot of my businesses. And I don't know when he said it or where he said it, but I heard him say it. So I'm quoting. <laughs> and I may, may not quote it directly. He said, a lot of my business, uh, it just happened. The business deals that I got just happened to be at the right place at the right time. God strategically put me at the place at the right time. Now, whenever I say something, I give you biblical references to back it up. I'm not just giving you opinion and not just trying to make people feel good. Uh, I'm going to give you some, some, some references. You understand what I'm saying? From biblical references 
to, to back up what I'm saying. So the three types of positionings or alignment that we are talking about are, um, we're gonna talk about three different types of alignment. One is uh, the position of my heart, the position of my heart. So alignment, my heart has to be positioned. Um, so I have to ask myself, am I healed? Uh, do I have pure motives? We're going to talk about these in more detail in a minute. Am I in position to hear, receive, and perceive prophetic insight? Okay, for those who just logged on, go to my YouTube channel. I talk a little bit more in detail about what these things are. Um, obedience and what is my what is my, uh, my my what is my mind? What am I? What is my mindset? We're talking mindset in a minute. Okay, and my posture for that. Okay, we're going to talk about what stops people from being pos rightly positioned and postured. Okay, then we got a location, your physical location. Am I aligned with the right people at the right place with, with the right relationships? Okay, and God will give you right relationships. Okay, and then we're going to talk about what is my posture. Okay, which is a little bit different from my heart, heart posture and your posture in general is, is very similar, but I break down the difference. My posture is all is my mental disposition, my mindset, um, my disposition, my, my my the godly qualities, things that I have been doing behind the scenes that are positioning me. That has that have that, that have changed my mindset concerning a matter. Before God ushers you into a new, He has to give you some instructions, but He has to change your mind because I said before, you can't take an old mindset into a new anointing, into a new grace, into a new realm. You can't take so God has to begin to change your heart, but then He also has to change your mind. Your heart is where you is really where you think, but you but you have to put in information on a consistent basis that will change your mind. And we talked about prophetic decrees and the difference between affirmation and prophetic decrees. All right. So let's keep going here. Let's talk about your location because what does that mean? That sounds kind of odd, right? I have to be in the right location. I listened to another uh, preacher years ago. I think it was Dr. Jamal Bryant. This is when he was still pastoring uh, the church in uh, Baltimore. Okay. And he gave an example of how he went and traveled to Africa. And he saw these beautiful plants in Africa. And I'm not going to quote it quite right, but it's close enough. <laughs> he saw these beautiful trees in Africa or plants, excuse me, in Africa. And he said, can I take these to Baltimore? I want to plant these in my garden or whatever in Baltimore. And whoever he was with said, no, you can't do that because it's only going to grow in this particular climate. If he took it to Baltimore and put it in that climate, it wouldn't grow. It doesn't mean that there was something wrong in, uh, in Baltimore. And I have family in Baltimore as well, but it wasn't that Baltimore was wrong with Baltimore. It just means that the plant that was there couldn't be planted in any soil. It had to be planted in the right soil at the right physical location. So God does that for us. Now let's give a scripture example, my physical location. Now, when it comes to the divine life, there's a specific place that I'm supposed to be. I'm going to give you an example uh, from my personal life in a minute. So, but let's do, use your biblical examples first. Let's talk about Abraham. We know the scripture, Genesis 1, uh, 12, 1, uh, going on. He's, God told Abraham to leave your country, leave your land, your relatives, your father's house, and go. Now, let's look at that. That's five different things that he had to leave. That's a hard situation uh, to leave. I mean, we, we, we read these things in the Bible, but we don't always understand the implications of what that means to leave everything. He didn't just say, I need you to go. He said, I need you to leave your country. That's like we live in the United States and God says, I need you to leave the United States now, and I want you to go to uh, New Zealand. That's, that's the way I'm going to bless you. Or I need you to go to Africa. Leave your country, not your city, 
<laughs> not, not, not go to the neighboring city 30 minutes. So he said, leave your own country. Then he said, leave your land, your, your land. So you are a homeowner or you own land and God leave it up, leave it all behind. And then he says, your relatives, everyone that is familiar with you, you got to leave your father's house. Now I said it before in the past that, uh, if you look at, if you look at the detail of, of Abraham's life, when God spoke this to him, his father, his parents had already passed away. So if he was the rightful owner of his father's house, but he still had to leave his father's house, his father's house, God, why? And go to, and he didn't tell him where he was. He said, and go to the land I want to show you. Divine alignment. Let me tell you my story concerning this divine alignment. I know how this operates in my life. For those who don't know, I'm originally from Maryland. My, you know, cousins know we're from Maryland. Um, and everyone is from my family is from Maryland. When God really wanted to bless me, I'm in North Carolina now. I've been in North Carolina for years now, years. When God really wanted to open up a door for me, when God wanted me to hear his voice and to grow in him, I had to leave Maryland. My family's in Maryland. They all, most of my immediate family still there. My parents, they keep saying they're going to move. I'm like, y'all, well, y'all, you know, okay. Because <laughs> they keep saying that, but, uh, you know, one day it's going to happen. I had to leave my family, everything I'm familiar with, to go to North Carolina. Um, back in the night, I'm telling y'all how old I am. When I first went away to college, that's where I began to understand and hear from God in a way I had never heard from God before. I began to hear, to sense his presence, and I began to know that I was called for a greater purpose. I went to, uh, to Bennett College. I did not graduate from there, but I did was a student there at one time. And, um, and I ended up uh, really connecting with godly people. And they began to teach me about purpose and destiny. And God had a purpose and a destiny for my life. And he began to speak to me. And I found God in a way that I had never found him with what was familiar to me. So sometimes God connects you to the right place. Uh, I went back to, uh, I didn't graduate from Bennett. Like I said, so I went back home. I graduated from Bowie State. Then I went to Howard University. But I always knew in the back of my mind, North Carolina was where I was supposed to be. I just knew it. And let me tell you how God will speak to you concerning your, your location. I remember, um, this is, gosh, this is hundreds of years ago. <laughs> it wasn't that long. It was a long time ago. But I remember right before I was getting ready to, um, um, it was my, I finished, so my graduate program was two years, okay? So after I finished my first graduate uh, year and I was going to my, in my next one, I remember I had an open vision from God, Okay. And I've told some people this story before. I don't. I was. I was not asleep, but I had an open vision. And so I open. Uh, as I had the open vision, I saw three times. Uh, Carrie, Carrie, Carrie. I saw it two times white and one time in red. And I felt a physical finger, like someone was touching my mouth, touching like going like this over my mouth. I'm not gonna take kind of lipstick, but going over my mouth. And I felt the presence of God so powerfully. And He said, "You got it. You got it. You got it." Like that. And so I woke up and I thought, I'm going to move to, I, I had, I wasn't familiar with, I didn't know there was such thing as Cary, North Carolina, but God was giving me divine instructions. So with divine alignment comes divine instructions. Now I'm not in Cary, but I was living with Cary. I lived in Cary for a number of years before God moved me on. And so I would have never thought to move there, but I heard from God. Now you don't even need to have an open vision from God. If God chooses to speak to you that way, don't think that he's only going to speak to you that way. But what happens is God has to align with us at a physical place. I grew the, the best decision I could have ever made. 
was to go there. But I, I didn't just go there because it was a nice place. And I just wanted to be, it was scary because I had to leave. I had, I had to do like Abraham. I had to leave my state. I had to leave the, my land, not my, I didn't own land, but you know, I need the, what was familiar to me. I had to leave my relatives. I had to leave my mother and my father. And I was a little quiet girl from, uh, from, from Maryland. So I, I that was scary for me. That wasn't like, Oh, I'm leaving. So hot, bye. I had to leave. And then I had to go. And so there is a physical location that God has assigned to you that he wants to uh, he'll cause you to be a divine alignment. And what happens, the reason why people don't want to move on, because it is scary and because it, 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 it's, uh, it's not familiar to us, we are hesitant to leave a place out of fear. Or we try to take old situations and old people and old churches with us because of fear. Let's keep talking about this, this location for a minute. Sometimes God will cause you to leave your church. I may hit some toes right there. But let me tell you why. Are you connected with a body of people where you are growing, where you are learning, and where are you are receiving? Now, this is no disrespect to the people. I was raised in, under a certain church. It wasn't a, it's a non-denominational church, but it was more like we had sex all over the world, like sections all over the world as far as like our church. But we were raised under a certain mentality. And so it was like we were the only church. We couldn't go to visit other churches, that kind of thing. If you went to, went to other churches, we had we had the way. We weren't really told that verbally, but it was more like subconsciously, like we we it. And so what happened was when I went to North Carolina the first time, because North Carolina was a blessing, um, I was a freshman and I didn't have my driver's license at the time. So I'm telling you all my stories, y'all. <laughs> I didn't have my driver's license at the time. And so the denominational sect, and I, I don't use that, it's non-denominational, but you know, we had different, it's the same organization, but different states, right? It's not, it was still the non-denominational church. So um, when I went away to school, I didn't have a car. And the church vans will come to Bennett's campus and they'll pick us up. So whatever church van was there, it was, that's, who I, that's the church van I got on. And so I was able to break a certain mentality because I was forced to break outside of the box of what I was told. And I realized, hmm, these people got God just as much as I got God. The Holy Spirit moves just as much as in this. You see what I'm saying? I, I was able to. So what happens is sometimes when God causes us to physically move, we want to take the same, uh, we want to still connect to the same organization. But I thank God for that because I was able to expand. And I love the people that the church that I was raised up under. I appreciate that. But I had to move and 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 be planted in a place that was going to attribute to my knowing, my learning and growing. I'm no longer in care. I'm in a different uh, city now. I've, I've moved on. But I talk a lot about my church now and how much I really love it. But again, it, it's not necessarily because I just I just like because you know the praise team is nice. No, I I knew for me having lived long enough that I had to connect with the place I could grow. So I knew I had to connect with a ministry that was teaching what I can learn. And you gotta say I'm a student. I'm a stu I'm the type of person I study. I'm a student. So just sh shouting and, and, and God getting ready is not going to get it for me. But I had to connect with a ministry that has a good teaching ministry. So I say that, if, are you connected to a church where you're learning, growing and receiving? Are you are or are you connected to a religious spirit or a church that God has called you out of, but you want to stay there because you got a position? There's a difference. There's a difference. 
You have to go where you're going to grow, you're going to learn, and you're going to receive. Let's keep talking about this because this is very, very, very important. Let's give you another biblical example of this. Now, Acts 9, 1 through 19, you can read it on your own time. Again, Acts 9, 1 through 19. Y'all know Paul had his conversion. He had a light. It dropped down. <laughs> he became blind for about three days, okay? He goes to the house of Judah. Now, God is getting ready to use Paul for his glory, but he needs somebody, okay, because he's still blind. God calls a disciple, an Ananias. He says, I want you to go to the house of Judah. He's very specific. On a street called Straight and lay your hands on Saul. That's specific. He told him the house and the street he's supposed to be on. Now, Saul could have, even though he was blind, he could have said, he could have made, I don't know if he had people, or he could have said, listen, I've been here two days. I don't know what's going on. I need to go to the doctor. I'm going to get myself up and go and see what's going on with me. But no, he he waited on God. So there's the, this is really important. When it comes to your location, God has you at a season of waiting right before manifestation. Let's look at an example of someone who didn't go so well. First Kings 13, 7 through uh, 7 through 13. Again, first Kings chapter 13, 7 through 13. King Saul and Prophet Samuel. Now they were supposed to be sacrificing at a point, at a specific point, at a specific time. Prophet Samuel says, Saul, you go up, but wait for me. Okay, wait for me. King Saul takes him up and all the army, they're waiting to sacrifice. He uh he Seven days pass, Prophet Samuel is not around. But remember, the instructions were to wait. He said, he didn't say go up there, they said wait. So by the time Prophet Samuel gets around, Prophet, I mean, King Saul has disobeyed the order to wait. And he decides to sacrifice on his own. He ends up losing his kingship because he refused to wait. So again, I got to tell you, right before God is getting ready to manifest, you may be in a season of waiting. You may be like Paul, where you can't see nothing, you can't hear nothing, and it looks like nothing is happening. And so we're tempted to move on in our own ambition to just make it happen. We're tempted to just say, hey, God, I mean, we just do it, to just do it. But God says, wait. And while you're waiting, waiting is not a time of, of, of laziness, of not doing anything. Waiting is a time of preparation. I don't know what is going to happen, but my spirit says something get ready to happen for me, and I have to prepare. The reason why people don't wait is because of fear. They fear like they have missed something because of pride and because of false ambition. False ambition. So you can be ambitious, but when you're ambitious to the pack, to, to the to the point where you will move past God and you don't wait on him. That's false ambition. I remember when I first moved to North Carolina, I was connecting with people. And they kept telling me, well, you need to do this. You need to do that. And God kept telling me the way. But it was like, oh, you can do this. Get your business cards together and this and this and then make it happen. And, 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 and you know, you got to make it happen. Well, no, that ain't what God told me. I had to wait. Okay. Let's look at some more examples. The 10 um, virgins. Okay. Now we're going to go to Matthew 25, 1 through 13. I'll give you a lot of scripture. Read these on your own time because the revelation will come to you as you study it on your own. The Bible says there are 10 virgins, five are wise and five are foolish. Okay. The reason why, and again, you can read this on your own time. The five were foolish was when the door opened, they were not in alignment. Why were they not in alignment? They were somewhere trying to get prepared instead of being in position to be to uh, uh, instead of being in position or already in position. Let me say it again. So they were not in alignment because they were somewhere trying to get prepared instead of being in position already prepared. For those who don't know, the five foolish ran out of oil. 
And so they said to the five wives, hey, give me some of your oil. But five wives said, no, we can't do that because we don't want to run out of oil. So they in the townships were trying to find oil at the last minute, trying to get prepared when they should have already been in the position of preparation. And the Bible calls them foolish because they did not, they, they did not prepare to wait. However, the five wives were in position and they received the open door when it came because they were in position to wait. They had a posture of waiting. Okay. They knew not to sacrifice. This is important. They knew not to sacrifice their oil for people who were not prepared. They didn't allow compassion, guilt, empathy to cause them to be in a compromising position. So they did not allow their Christianity or their waiting to say, oh, well, since you didn't prepare here, you can have some of my oil. There you go. Here you go. You can go ahead and have some of it. They said, no, we're not going to give you none of my oil. This is really important because, listen to me, um, you cannot miss your moment waiting on people or dealing with people who refuse to change. You cannot, I gotta say that again, miss your moment. You don't wanna miss your moment. You can if you, if you act foolishly, but you do not wanna miss your moment. Dealing with people who refuse to change or they refuse to prepare. So this is how it happens. When we are preparing for manifestation, we are preparing our destiny, when we are trying to establish something, we all are start at the same place, right? One has a has a man, like the five, the ten virgins, five were at the same place. All my waiting, waiting at the same door. So when we start off this journey, we're at the same place for the most part. Okay, you know when you start your freshman year of college, everyone's at the same place. Okay, um, but one is preparing for something, the other one is not prepared. And so you will find as you begin to prepare, you'll see progress and progress and progress and progress. And so when the doors open, you are now ready to walk through that door. But you can turn around. I said this, said this before, quote me on this one. Cause I don't, you know what I'm saying? I, it doesn't, I, it's, I'm not going to slow up for someone else to show up. Now I have people who pretend like they don't watch my lives when they do. And they quote back what I said and give whole Facebook things on what I said, but I said what I said. I am not going to slow up for somebody else to show up. If I got to prepare, you got to prepare. And you can't come at me at the last minute time, but hey, can I have some of your oil? Cause no, 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 I, I'm not gonna miss my moment messing with you. So again, let me say this again. You can't miss your moment dealing with people who refuse to change, who refuse to grow. You will see people and you're like, as you continue to grow and matriculate, who have a pattern of a pattern of uncompleted work. They have a pattern of finishing or starting something and never finishing. But when you are in divine alignment, you have a history or a pattern or a resume of completed finished work. This completed finished work is what you need for manifestation over here. So you can't feel guilty and I'm a good Christian and I just got to help everybody. I can't tell everybody no, because they refuse to change. If they refuse to change, that is the choice that they are making on their own. Okay. So this is another uh, um, um, uh, note that I got. And this is from my Bible, the, the commentary notes I thought was real good. So I'm going to share it with you. It says spiritual preparation cannot be borrowed and it cannot be brought at the last minute. 
your relationship with God must be your own and on your own time. There's some things you can't give to people. If God has caused you to walk in the favor, you cannot give that to someone else who's unprepared. All right. So let's talk about your position of the heart. We're actually almost done. On the position of the heart, James 1, 8 said, uh, what is the position of the heart? Okay. We think actually from our heart. Uh, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways, is what James 1, 8 says. So double-minded. I want it, but I don't want it. I want it, but I don't want it. One minute you have faith, next minute you're not. Okay. Then James 1, 6 through 7. So we kind of went back. We got 1, 8 first. Then we went to 6 to 7, but we're going to make it work. But let him ask in faith not wavering for he that wavereth watch this is is like a wave of sea driven with the uh with the wind and tossed to and fro okay for let verse seven let that let for let not that man think he shall receive anything from god so if we are unwavering in doubt we cannot receive from god we can't receive instructions. We can't receive manifestation. We can't receive opportunity because we're double mind, double minded. Okay. So what is the, what, what are some areas that cause us to be double uh, double minded? Insecurity, fear, bitterness, resentment, unforgiveness, anger, uncontrolled desires, impure motives. So this is really important because if I want to be divine in life, I got to pray, Lord, fix my heart. You know, David said, created me a clean heart. Uh oh, and renew a right spirit within me. Creating me a clean heart and renew. So we all have areas in our heart that have not been that we need to submit before God. Sorry, y'all. <laughs> you can hear that was my computer. Um, but we have areas in life that need to be submitted to God. But God has to heal you of that, uh, so that we're not operating from a unbroken from a broken place. Okay. Now let's talk about James 4, 1 through 3. This is really, really important because this, this deals with a lot of things we see nowadays. James 4, 1 through 3. Okay. So it says, uh, and I'm reading this from the New Living Translation. All right. It says, verse 1, what is causing quarrels and fights among you? So if you see people quarreling and fighting, if you see people on Facebook going back and forth, this is why. <laughs> this is why. Don't they come from evil desires that war within us? So you see people going back and forth, this and that, talking about people who don't like me and haters, this and that. It's because the individual has evil desires that are warring within. Even people who gossip a lot, they're, they're rooted in the spirit of envy and jealousy, and they have evil desires that war within. They say, I can do what you do. What gives you the right to have that, not me? Okay. Verse two, you want what you do not have, so you scheme and kill to get it. Kill to get it means you, you assassinate someone's character to get it, okay? So you fight and wage war to take it away from someone. How, how do we do that through character assassinations? To spread a mess and gossip about people. To go, going back and forth with, with people that you really don't know. Like, you understand what I'm saying? To sh sh uh, being subscribed to gossip sites and then sharing it. Right. So yet you do not have because you don't ask God for. It. So why don't you have it? Why can't you receive it? One, you don't ask God for it. And then verse three makes it clear. Even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. And you and you uh, you basically want it with unhealthy or selfish motives. So you ask a misses what the King James Version says, because your motives are wrong. See, you can, you can, other people around us can, um, people around you, they can, they, they don't, some people don't have discernment, but God knows your heart. 
God knows our heart. So sometimes you desire or we want something, but you see it in someone else. You see someone else being more successful than you. You see someone else in the position that you think you should be in. You see someone else making the amount of money that you feel like you should be making. In. And then um, and even if God generally has that for you, but how we go about it is really messy and petty. And then we say, God, bless me with it. But God sees your heart. So he has to, again, the position of our heart says God has to heal our heart. So we have to ask ourselves, am I, is my heart properly aligned? Am I coveting someone else's success? You know, my pastor says people want your success, but they don't want to do what you got to do to get there. It takes it takes work to be successful. It don't fall from your lap because you shouted and ran around the church. I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm a praiser, but Scott, I'm not really two-stepper, but I can, I can you know, lift my hand and praise him. But there's work that comes behind this. And I said last time, you, there are a lot of y'all who are preparing right now, and you're going to see manifestation of what you prepare for. And you're going to have people look at you with a side eye like, hmm, but you know that, though. But they didn't. when they had the same time and opportunity, they didn't prepare. Don't be mad you ain't prepared. Like, <laughs> so are you coveting it? Okay. Are you coveting? One of the things God told me when I, I wrote a book called uh, Broken Trying to Lead, and, I, he, and, and he began to speak to me before I wrote that book, and he said how oftentimes people covet leadership positions. They have they have unhealed wounds, and they think that being put on platforms and positions and titles will, will uh, it gives them a false sense of, of security, gives a false sense of confidence. And when people like them today, then they, they you know don't like you tomorrow. Um, then they they're uh, they're distressed uh, distressed or or they are um, they are just broken because of of the accolades of people. They they were performance driven, you know. Look at me, see me, uh, uh, affirm me. You know, yeah, people on that on social media constantly. Oh, look at the, look at me, affirm me, see who I am. No hawks, so give me give me praise. Well, when God has healed your heart, you do, you can still have the same accomplishments, but you're not doing it with the wrong motives. You really don't care if people affirm you or not. You know, you've been obedient to God. Okay. Uh, these are people that seek positions because they want to be famous, not because they want to make a difference. Okay. So we have to say, oh, God, uh, God created me a clean heart. Make sure my motives are pure. And you can generally think that your motives are pure and they're really not. And God points it out to you. He's like, no, no, my daughter, no, my, no, no, my son. This is, this is why you want this. This is why sometimes we even connect with people in relationships, not because that's the person for us, but because of how they make they how they make you feel. Someone that's full of pride needs someone that's like good with and gawking. Oh, you're so wonderful. You're so wonderful. Because they're deeply insecure, and they constantly they will connect with people who are not for them because they because their 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 brokenness is feeding on someone else's brokenness. This we call this codependency. Okay. All right. Now let's talk about. Oh, last thing, are you asking for it because you feel like you can make a change or because we need to be affirmed? Are my motives pure? So if I'm being divine alignment, my motives have to be pure. So again, in our prayer time, God, you know my heart. I really want to serve you wholeheartedly. Sometimes we have areas of brokenness that we don't even know. Help me to serve you wholeheartedly. So show me me. I welcome you too. Because if God shows me me, he's not going to just show it to me and then say bye. Like He's going to show me me, but then he's going to walk me through the healing process. Amen. I love that. The last thing is um, a posture. So the po I must be postured. My divine alignment must be, must be postured. That has to do with your mind. It, it means a position or a mindset of readiness. So we talk about the heart. We talk about the mindset of readiness. These are more like what are my actions that are aligning me. So um, 
First thing, areas of alignment is, is do I have godly character, diligence, and integrity on the level that, I am, that I'm at right now? Am I operating in diligence, integrity, and in and, uh, a position of godly character on the level that I am right now? Now, this is very important because it is your godly disposition when it comes to the kingdom of God that's going to position you. Are you are you a person of integrity behind closed doors? Are you are you are you messy behind closed doors or are you really in the person of integrity and obedience and truthfulness behind closed doors? See, all those things that God sees you being faithful behind the scenes. That's what God looks at. OK, uh, do you have areas when you're being faithful? What did I mean by faithful? Not just talking about coming to church and paying your tithe, which is a part of it. Being faithfulness is persistent. What is persistent is a firm or obstinate, as a firm or obstinate activity or course of action that you are doing despite of difficulty or opposition. So what happens is when God prepares you for your next, there are certain things that you are doing right now and you're doing over and over and over again. I wrote a book, then I wrote another book, then I wrote another book. OK, I started my business and I keep I keep doing the same thing over and over and over again, regardless of the, the obstacles or the actions. Or this is really important. Being persistent, regardless if you have little or no support, Re being persistent and doing what God has called you to do, even if you have little or no support. When you first start off in business and whatever it is that you want to do, you do not. Have, I mean, most people don't have crowds of people showing up the first day. I, I told people before when I started my business, I had one, first I had zero clients. And then with the show, I had one client. Okay. One. Okay. Now we, yeah, I'm not gonna tell you how many clients we had, but now we have, we are consistent, but I had one. So when you first start a business, a ministry, uh, whatever it is you're doing, don't be, don't allow yourself to, again, hard position to go back into bitterness, unforgiveness, because people that we think should support us don't support us. Or we think we have to have masses of people. You don't have to have 10,000 followers. You don't have to have, to, you know, you don't have, you don't have to have social media to have a successful business. I am one of those people who can truly say that. You do not have to have a successful social media file. You don't have to do what other people have done to be successful. You do have to be persistent. And you have to be the type of person that doesn't give give up. You know people give up because you know you have see people they change six months every six months they change change a different business. They start off here and they're really excited about it. What happens is they don't see traction, or they, and then they, they stop going to the next thing because oh that must have failed. But you you can't change every six months and expect to see. You have to be persistent, and then you have to be consistent. What is consistent? An action done the same way over and over and over again. Consistency consistency. If, if you are supposed to do something consistently, you, you just do it over and over and over again. You have concerted efforts. Okay. And I said, I tell my clients that we talk about emotional healing, but it also helps in your success in life. Uh, have a commitment, a daily commitment, a weekly commitment, a monthly commitment, and be organized because these are positioning me for God to move. OK, every day when I got up today, I have two things that I had to do. I had to do this and I'm, I'm, I'm uh, I've just finished one of another book. So I'm going to read over that and just make sure it looks good. And I have before I send it to my editor, basically. OK, but those are two. Now, you don't do a whole lot on Sunday to try to relax. But those are the two things I said today I will be doing. And I've already started uh, both of them. I'm doing this one and I've already started reading over about the keep working at it. And then I'm going to, you know, check in with my editor a little bit, probably before the end of the week, maybe. And to see uh, if when I can email him my document. But again, 
a daily commitment, a weekly commitment, or a monthly commitment. Because why we are when you are when you're being consistent, you see success after a while. But it's like the, the, the difference between excuse me, there is a difference between seed time and harvest time. You start planting seeds and being consistent and watering it and watering it and watering it. And then you start seeing success after a while. Okay? What have you been faithful to do now? Sometimes we want to move on to our next, or we have not been faithful over now. We can't get, get so excited over what is next that we have not mastered what is now. I got to say that again because it's good. <laughs> it's good if I don't say so myself. <laughs> we can't get so excited over what is next that we haven't mastered what is now. And I'll never forget my sister said, I think a couple years ago, she said, sometimes we want God to move move for us forward. And we want to shout and jump and run around and, and thank God for what's next and how he's getting ready to bless me. But you haven't been, you haven't done the last thing God told you to do. You haven't mastered the last thing God told you to do. And then we have amnesia, like God didn't tell us to do that. And we want to shout, God, God, hallelujah. Oh, oh, hallelujah. <laughs> God said, man, like, um, you know, I, you know, I, I told you to do something. I told you to do something. You, you ain't done it yet. Sometimes he only said he just stopped talking. <laughs> I'm like, God, I haven't heard from you. Why? What, the, what was the last thing <laughs> God told you to do? Okay. Okay. Faithfulness over what is now positions you for what is next. You know, again, I said this before. I said it to me again. I'll say it again. The Lord spoke to me. He said, 2020 is only preparing you for 2021. So I'm starting to see some blessings now. But it's really, everything I'm doing now is really only preparing for 2021. As a matter of fact, it's what's August now, around about September, when I get out the new calendars. Uh, September, October is really when I start getting my calendar and God begins to download uh, to me what I'm going to do in 2021. But this year, he was like, this whole year, this is the first, this whole year, like everything you do now is only preparing you for what's next. And usually, I don't, like I said, I don't start to end of the year preparing me for my assignment, what I need to do, even begin to study. I'm usually towards October, November. He was like, no, this whole year. Okay. Okay, God, whatever you say, whatever you want me to do. Okay. So we have to complete each assignment. Again, when I was in school, my goal was to graduate. I couldn't just do whatever I wanted to do. I said, if I had to take an intro to a psychology class, I had to pass the intro to psychology class before I could take the next class. Okay? It works that same way within the kingdom of heaven. Now, let's talk about this. This is the last few things here. Um, Matthew 25, 14 through 30. Uh, and it talks about how the kingdom of heaven is governed. And we talked about, I said, I don't know which lie it was, how the kingdom of heaven is very real. It's very powerful. It has its own sets of principles and laws that govern how the kingdom of heaven is operates. Okay. And so God is giving, or Jesus was giving us parables as to how the kingdom of heaven operates. All right. So Matthew 25, 14 through 30 was the parable of the talents. And again, you can read that on your own time. Again, Matthew 25, 14 through 30. 
okay? So it talks about how there's a man who is going off into a long, to a long road trip and he puts talent, or I say opportunities, in the hands of his servants. The man is representative of God and how God has given, given a certain talent, skills, and abilities, right? And he goes, he's in heaven and we are supposed to actualize and manifest and do something with what God has given us. Now, to quick paraphrase it, he gave one uh, servant five talents. That, that one servant, God, how many talents? Five talents, okay? He did, he was diligent and he invested and he gained five more, okay? Then he gave uh, one two talents and he and he did some more work and he did more. Then he gave one one talent. The Bible says he gave them these talents according to their own ability. So according to what they can handle, that's how much talent or opportunities or talent, skill, craft, or ability that he gave them. Some people have five, six different talents. Some people have two. Some people got one that got to work. <laughs> okay, and that's okay. I have you got it. It's better to work, work with what you, what's in your hand. Okay, so guess what? The one who has. So when the man came back, which is a representative of God, he wants to have an accounting or a a a, 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 a meeting to 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 look at and to review what have you done with what I have given you. Okay, now watch this. The one who he gave five to, who gained five more, he said, "Well done, my good and faithful servant. You, I, you know, you have been, uh, you have been faithful over a few. Now I'm going to make you ruler. How much over many?" But what qualified him to go to the next level was his faithfulness where he was, and then his ability to to work what he had, what was in his hand. Okay, then the two, he didn't said the same thing to the one who gave him two. Then he gets to the one, and the one says, I, I didn't do nothing. He said, I knew you were a man, you you, you know, you hard, and you you gained what you haven't invested. And so I just, here it is. I just, I, I didn't do nothing with it. But here you go. Here you go. So the man was angry. And he, and he said, how dare you, basically? I'm paraphrasing, how dare you? You, he called him in the new uh, in the King James version, which I'm looking over here. He said, "You wicked and lazy servant, because you got to be wicked and lazy if someone gives you something and you don't do nothing with it. You don't do nothing." And this is the state of so, of, of different people. There's there are some people, and this is a true story. There's some people who want who think because I shout and because I praise God that that was that qualifies me for the next. You know, we, we do this all, it qualifies me. Huh? Hey, I'm a nice person. Well, oh, I held on to what you gave me, Lord. I held it on. Look, I, like, I didn't lose it. I didn't lose it. I didn't lose it. Here you go. I, can, I, can I go on to what's next? Because I've shout, because I praise him, because I gave you back what you gave me. And he's like, no, you wicked and lazy servant. You have not done anything. Get out of my face. <laughs> <laughs> so the King James version, he says, and he uh, and cast the unprofitable servant into out of darkness where there's, where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. God is going to hold us accountable for what we have done and what we have not done. Now, I don't know about y'all raised in, in, in situation where we just hold on to God, you know, wait for heaven to come and praise the Lord. Just don't sin, you know, don't sin. We're waiting on God and that's it. But there's purpose. This, this thing that you need to do while you're here on earth that God wants us to fulfill. God did not give the wicked servant uh, uh, um, brownie points 
or congratulations or a warm disregard or warm regard because he gave him back what he already had. Okay, we're talking about divine alignment. So as we're getting ready to shift and move and we want God to open up doors for us, we have to ask ourselves, what am I putting my time in? What am I investing in? What am I working towards? What am I having concerted effort towards? Okay, your diligence and your persistence and your consistency will pay off. So we ask ourselves, what am I supposed to be doing now? And now I can't I can't tell people this. This is this has to be your own relationship with God. God, what am I supposed to be doing now that is positioning me for my next? See, I can't be, I can't get what's next if I don't master now. I can't get what's next if I had not mastered now. So in my prayer time, God, what am I supposed to do now? There's a scripture, I think it's uh, Psalm 37, 3 and 4, verses 3 and 4, that says, when you acknowledge God in all your ways, he shall direct that path. In my divinely aligned. And go in my prayer time, God, help me to be divinely aligned. All right, y'all. Thank you so much. It's been fun. It's been a pleasure. Uh, again, for those who are new, you can catch the playbacks of the other ones on my YouTube channel, Samaria M. Cobra. You can go to my website, www.samariamcobra.com. We will have another one probably next week, the same time. All right, God bless you. And I will see you again. Bye.